podcast from Trinity United Methodist Church in Ruston, Louisiana. Our prayer is that God uses this time to speak specifically to you, regardless of where you are on your faith journey. We'd like to also invite you to worship with us every Sunday morning at 1045, either in person or online at www.trinityruston.org. Thanks for listening. Our lesson this morning comes from the sixth chapter of the book of Ephesians, starting in the 10th verse. Ephesians chapter 6, starting with verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his power. Put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For our struggle is not against the enemies of blood and flesh, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God so that you may be able to withstand on that evil day and having done everything to stand firm. Stand, therefore, and fasten the belt of truth around your waist. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. As shoes for your feet, put on whatever will make you ready to proclaim the gospel of peace. With all of these, take the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Friends, this is the Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Eventually, you have to put them on. You have to put on the football pads. You have to put on all the hockey equipment. You have to put on your your best-looking basketball outfit and shoes. You have to put it on because it's time to stop practice and time to start playing the game. And that basically is what the Apostle Paul is telling the church at Ephesus. It's time to put on this whole armor of God. When we hear God, when we are obedient to God, we listen and obey with our feet. That, the, those guys down there, those, those tooty woods. That's what we call them in North Alabama, those tooty woods. That's how you hear God. That's how you obey him. That's how you go where God has commanded you to go and do what God has commanded you to do. And boy, we like that because we are doers. You know, that's how you communicate with someone when you first meet somebody. Hi, Bob. Hi, George. Bob, what do you do? You explain it. George, what do you do? And you explain it. We never talk to each other about our state of being or how it is with our soul. We are doers. Give us a task. Let us accomplish it. And we will get it done quickly and efficiently. And everybody will be pleased with what we do. We like it in the church. That Paul talks about the Christian faith as a race. He said, I'm not paying attention to who's coming up behind. I'm straining forward to what lies ahead. I'm going to strain to the finish line. Then he writes to Timothy. Timothy, 
I finished my race. I've kept the faith. I get the winner's crown. Or the writer of the book of Hebrews. Let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us. Looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. We want to run for God. We want to be active and we want to be busy and we want to do. So I'm going to help you be active and busy and do. We're looking for volunteers. Becky needs ushers and greeters. I'm serious. We need ushers and greeters. We started passing the plate in the traditional service. It's time for us to start passing the plate. I've installed cameras on the plates to see if you're a joyful giver. We need greeters. We need ushers. This is a Methodist church. We need Sunday school teachers. Every Methodist church needs a Sunday school teacher. We need vacation Bible school workers. Yes, vacation Bible school's coming up. We skipped 2020. We're going to do it in 2021. Yes, you can run the race of faith while you're trying to stay one step ahead of all the ankle biters. Kyle needs people working in the booths up there to do the cameras and the microphones and all the stuff we do. We need volunteers. Mickey, Mickey in the choir. Mickey needs volunteers. Mickey look, Mickey's looking for tenors. Anybody want to sing? To, everybody wants to sing tenor. Tenor and soprano. Yes, we need volunteers. And people go, oh boy, I want to do something. I want to be busy. I want to work hard because if I'm busy and I work hard and I'm active, obviously I'm following Jesus and I'm faithful. Because somewhere God's keeping a list of everything I do and I get points. And then Paul hit us with the whole armor of God. And he said, you need to put on this armor because times are evil and you need to be ready for these evil times. In the United States of America, less than 50% of Our nation's residents proclaim Christianity. Christian faith is no longer the majority faith. The greatest number of people in the fastest growing demographic of people in the faith world are those that say none. Don't have a faith, don't want a faith. George Barna, who does the church demographics and studies said that coming out of COVID, we've lost 20%, not 20% of the people who are on the books, but 20% of the people who are on the pews. Look around and see if that isn't so. At 20%, Barna speculates not coming back. In pristine, bucolic Lincoln Parish, right now, 81% of the people claiming to be Christians are doing something else. 81% of the people claiming to be Christians are not worshiping. They're doing something else. 19% of those claiming Christ are actually in church today. So Paul says, look, there's this reality you're living in 
And it's called darkness and it's called evil. And you don't have to look far to see the darkness and the wickedness and the evil in our world. And what do we do about it? We want to do something about it. We want to get out there and we want to rebuke us some evil. We want to call down fire from heaven on some evil. We want to do a church program that's going to fix evil. That's how we think. If we can just have one more Sunday school class, that's going to fix the evil around us. Paul said, put on the whole armor of God. And then do you know what Paul told us to do? Stand there. Be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Withstand on the evil day. Stand firm. Stand therefore. Stand. I want to do something. I want to engage in battle. I want to get out there and just call down fire from heaven. Something, Lord. Nope. Stand. Have you tried it? Just standing. No, you're always headed someplace in a hurry. You've got to get there quickly. So I'm going to give you a very dangerous homework assignment, which can happen either at Walmart or at Super One. I want you to go to Walmart or Super One, and I want you to stand in the produce section. Just stand there and see what you see. And see what you hear, hear what you hear. The world is going on around us. And Paul said, stand. Don't move. Don't act. And when you start reading this list of armor, you realize all the armor is defensive. It's put there to keep you whole. And to keep you ready for battle and to keep you ready to serve. The only offensive weapon is the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And then we understand that what God is telling us look, folks, the battle's mine. I didn't call you to fight the battle, I called you to be faithful and do what I told you to do. Stand. We don't do that very well. And what it means for us as a Christian in worship, what it means for us in the church and ministry, part of our job is to help you repair your armor when sometimes you get a dent in it or sometimes you have had it penetrated. Because what Paul is talking about is your inward spiritual life. He is talking about your life in the spirit, your relationship with Jesus Christ. He is talking about how you as an individual, the person living behind your eyeballs, follow God. Nobody else. And sometimes as a Jesus follower, you need to learn to stand. You need to understand that God has given you the capacity to be strong, that you don't have to be strong in and of yourself. You are given the strength. You don't have to develop protective measures in and of yourself. God has allowed you and gifted you with the armor of God. Standing is not something we're used to hearing. 
unless it's stand up or sit down. So the other night I was doing the message for Trinity Online and I was talking about Bartimaeus because I like the question that Jesus asked Bartimaeus. He said, what do you want me to do for you? That's a good question. But while I was doing that message, something else popped off the page. This is from the 10th chapter of Mark's gospel. They came to Jericho. As he and his disciples and a large crowd were leaving Jericho, Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, a blind beggar, was sitting by the roadside. When he heard it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many sternly ordered him to be quiet, but he cried even more loudly, son of David, have mercy on me. Verse 49, Jesus stood still. I'd never seen that before. Jesus stood still. Perhaps he's listening to the Holy Spirit give him guidance. Perhaps he is saying a prayer to God about what to do about Bartimaeus. Perhaps he is just so focused on Bartimaeus. He is mindfully in that moment with Bartimaeus. Jesus stood still. How would our life be improved? How would our capacity be increased? How would we learn to thrive if we learn the gift of being still? What does the psalmist say? Be still and know the Lord. Paul's got us all dressed up. We've got our football uniform on. We've got our spiritual warfare armament on. And rather than turning us loose out of the locker room to go get them, God says, stand there. I'll fight the battle. You be faithful and do what I told you to do. There's one other place that stands out to me where Jesus is standing. There are a couple others, but I'll let you find in the book of Acts where Jesus is standing because it's... One of the only times that's mentioned. So your assignment as you're standing at Super One or Walmart is to look up the other place in the book of Acts where Jesus is standing. This one's in the book of the Revelation. It's the church at Laodicea. The church at Laodicea is neither hot nor cold. It's lukewarm, according to Jesus And therefore I counsel you to buy from me gold refined by fire so you may be rich and white robes to clothe you to keep the shame of your nakedness from being seen and salve to anoint your eyes so you may see. I reprove and discipline those I love. Be earnest therefore and repent. Listen, Jesus said, I'm standing at the door. Knocking. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to you and eat with you and you with me. Jesus is standing outside the door of a church, waiting on the church. So this morning, 
spiritually and, and physically, we're going to come stand before God as we receive the sacrament of Holy Communion. And there'll be a moment where you're just standing there. Won't be a long moment, but you'll stand. And as you're doing that, I want you to be reminded that God has called us to be faithful and obedient. He hasn't called us into battle. He hasn't called us into any kind of of Christian warfare. He's told us to put on the armor of God and be ready when he calls. In the meantime, we stand in the presence of one who loved us, who died on our behalf, and who calls us to experience the fullness of being a child of God. Thanks for listening to The Refuge Podcast. To find out more about The Refuge and Trinity, visit us online at www.trinityruston.org.